You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Most weeks, we try to invite someone onto the show who sees the world a little bit differently than I do. Today, we welcome a Detroiter who has worked for a number of prominent Republicans in Michigan and in Washington, D.C. He's a man who hopes to make conservatism cool by writing and talking about both politics and hip-hop. He is known as the Hip-Hop Republican, uh, Brandon Bryce. Welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you for having me, Steve. It's good to see you. Right. And hold on, just this point of context, just point of clarity, yeah. I am an independent. Yeah, that, right. You are I declared independent, independent yes, right? right. Yes. We'll get into that. But okay. you have, uh, I mean, you have a very distinguished right. resume working for House Speaker Dennis, Dennis Hastert, for instance, right. Uh, right. Uh, New Jersey Governor Chris... Christy, yeah, uh, yeah. so you've worked on that right side of the aisle. That's right, That's quite right. a bit. Um, let's start. Uh, let's start with the news. Uh, uh, Trump has dipped into the Michigan mm-hmm. Senate primary. It's kind of an unusual gesture, but the the guy he's endorsing is John James, another African American who's a Republican, over Sandy Pensler. Uh, was this a good pick? Was it a smart tactic? What does it say about Donald Trump, and what does it say about that race? Well, so it's interesting. Uh, the race, first of all, I had an opportunity. I actually know John James, went to high school together. Uh, good guy, businessman. Uh, you know, he, he's a military guy, family man. Uh, and I had the opportunity to meet Sandy Pensler uh, on Let It Rip a couple, couple weeks ago. Um, interesting race. Yeah, uh, but I don't think just based on region and where we are that uh, Republicans are going to be successful this year uh, in Michigan for the for the reasons that I mean right now I mean if you're more you know I would say if you're closer to a rural area uh-huh. uh, people embrace the president if you're closer to a major city uh, probably not so much right. and so I think that um, you know I think it's it's good to look at the fact that you've got an African American. Uh, who is just a stellar guy running for the U.S. Senate. Um, I would probably say right guy, wrong race, uh, versus you got a, a Sandy Pencil who's a businessman, but I, I'm not sure that that is going to be successful when it comes to um, you know a lot of the, the, the general election. I mean, right now, we're, if you look at New York, uh, we had you know Joe Crowley, who's, who's a friend, uh, was beat by a woman who literally came out of nowhere. Right. And so this blue wave, and then not just a blue wave, but this blue wave of now women running for public office. Yeah, more, more, more far more. Far more. I mean, and being successful. And being successful. And then it doesn't, you know, it doesn't necessarily help that, you know, the president uh, has had some challenges uh, with some some of the women voters. And so I think I think that uh, right now it's it's going to be it's going to be a blue wave. Um, so you you really believe that that uh, Democrats are going to pull off some big upsets in in Michigan in particular this I, fall? I, I do, and I only say that because I'm watching the national election. You know, if I had to put my money on it, uh, I would say, and, and and I hope John or Sandy is, is successful. They're both friends of mine, but if I had to put my money on it, I would say uh, just based off of national politics. Uh, you know, next election, I think the president uh, gets reelected. Uh, but I think both on the federal and state level, uh, Democrats take back the Senate and the House. Wow. Wow. That would be a really interesting uh, oh. dynamic to introduce there. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's talk a little about how you come to mm-hmm. 
the outlook you have, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, something like 90% of mm -hmm. African Americans uh, identify either as liberals or expressly as, as Democrats. I would count right. myself uh, among those mm -hmm. uh, among those folks. Tell me, tell me why you see things differently and how you sort of came to that position. So it's funny. I grew up in a very liberal labor union family. Uh -huh. uh, grandfather was, was union. Dad was union. And so grew up in southwest Detroit. Um, was a Democrat until I got to Howard. Went to Howard, moved to D.C., and could not get a job on Capitol Hill working for a Democrat. Huh. So I'm walking down the hall on, on, on Capitol Hill, walking in Russell, and a Republican pulls into the side and said, hey, you look smart. I'm going to give you a job. Changed my whole perspective. Uh, stayed with that for probably 10 to 12 years. And then something rose in me where I recognized as a black man that the Democrats weren't quite doing much for my community. Huh. But the Republicans, in some cases, weren't doing much either for my community. I was going to say, I mean, I, I, you know, when it came to social policies. And so uh, and then I think with the presidency right now and some of the issues uh, uh, around some of the um, some of the environments and some of the conversations, uh, I made a conscious decision uh, earlier this year uh, to become an independent. Uh, I think that when it comes to black and brown issues, uh, we as African-Americans or minorities as a whole cannot afford to be partisan uh -huh. uh, anymore. I think we really got to look at the policies and the social issues to make informed decisions. Yeah. Uh, and is that an easy or comfortable space to be in in the city of Detroit, for it, instance? It's a much easier space, not just in Detroit, but in life, because I found myself uh, you know, I wrote an article uh, for the Detroit News that talked about man without a party. And I found myself really saying that um, I always felt, felt I kind of found myself teetering. I mean, I, I, all, my, all my hall boys were, were Democrats and all my coworkers were Republicans. And so <laughs> what's the what's the middle ground? <laughs> and, and it just became where I said we need more African-Americans and not just African-Americans or minorities, but 44 percent. Of Americans identify as independent. Uh -huh. And so, you know, not just from, you know, when I consult, I work with Democrats, I work with Republicans, and I, I like the fact that I can work across the aisle, but it's important to have an independent voice uh, when we talk about the issues of today. I mean, you know, it should be okay whether you, you know, there's some things that I'm very liberal on and there's certain things I'm very conservative on. And so I think that we do better uh, really opening up the conversation of nonpartisan elections. Yeah. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Brandon Bryce, an independent political consultant who has worked for several high-profile mm -hmm. Republican officials. We are talking about the week's news. Uh, most Mondays we try to invite somebody in who sees the world a little <laughs> differently from me in order to talk about the news in a mm -hmm. more a global way, uh, get other perspectives out on the table. If you want to have uh, part of this conversation, take part in this conversation, give us a call. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put your comments there, or go to mm -hmm. Twitter, and hashtag Detroit Today, and we will try to work you into 
the conversation. Uh, Brandon, you also write about hip hop. Uh, <laughs> uh, one one of the other subjects is pretty close to my heart. Uh, what do you make of of Kanye West's recent foray into politics? He basically accused black people of being politically monolithic and voting against their own interests out of habit. He got a lot of flack for that. I had a real problem with, with, with what he said. But but in some ways, he's reflecting some of the sensibilities that you are here, that, that, that a fealty to one party or another is maybe not the best path well, for African Americans. Well, the first thing is, I'm, you know, unfortunately, I'm not making as many zeros as Kanye West. Is. I don't think uh, any of this is. <laughs> otherwise, I wouldn't agree. But, but no, I mean, I think Kanye had an interesting point. I just don't think he was the right messenger. I mean, I think the challenge with Kanye is that we've seen a barrage of craziness uh, that has come from Kanye, who's very talented musically. Uh, but I, I think he had a point in saying we should not be all monolithic. You know, it's funny. I just uh, just finished a uh, reality show with, with T.I., uh, The Grand Hustle. Huh. And it's funny because it's interesting to watch how hip-hop and business – Go hand in hand. Yeah. And so the conversation is, you know, when you're trying to, you know, business isn't necessarily partisan. Uh, I do business with Republicans. I do business with Democrats. And so, you know, the conversation of should we all be in one can of worms? I think it's I think it's gotten us to where we are right now. Right. You know, imagine if you had a city council where you had business people, uh, attorneys, health people from health uh, health backgrounds. Democrats, independents, Republicans, socialists, you had a free market of ideas on city council. You would have a much different Detroit. But when everybody, you know, the bottom line is if you don't get labor support, you can't win. And if you aren't a Democrat, they don't even look at you. I was going to say, we don't really uh, we don't really have Republicans. We don't really have a lot of Republicans living in the city. I mean, that's part of the problem. I always say that that our politics mm -hmm. reflect our lives. That's true. Uh, and that's nowhere truer than it is here in the city of Detroit. Republicans don't want to live in the city. Uh, partially, I think that's about race. Uh, partially, mm -hmm. that's about not wanting to be a minority, right? right? Uh, but as a result... We have we have pretty monolithic politics when it comes to ideology. Now there's a lot a wide range of disagreement mm -hmm. among you know all of the people on our council, for instance, all mm -hmm. nine of them right. have really different approaches to things. But you're right that when it comes to ideology, uh, we don't have anyone on the right side of the aisle. But we don't have those folks in the city. You know, you know it's interesting going back to your original question about the Senate race. Uh, one thing that I think you know when I consult. Republican candidates, I always tell them, you know, if you're a black Republican, race matters. Yes. And so when people say, well, I don't want to talk about race, you got to talk about race. And I think one of the challenges that has been with black Republicans in the country is that they have not created their own conversation and they've relied on the conversation of people that don't necessarily look like them. Yeah. And I think that's been a real challenge. I mean, when you're talking, you know, if you live on the east side on Mac and Bewick, uh, gun control is real because people need to protect themselves. Sure. Uh, they're not going hunting on, you know, uh, you know, Joy Road or French Road. <laughs> I mean, it's just, this is that's the reality. And so I think that the conversation of what are the biggest things, challenges in the black community right now? Well, right now you've got poverty. Uh, you've got the conversation of public safety. Yes. You've got the conversation of literacy to the point where, I mean, it's a shame that in most African-American communities, uh, the literacy rates are, uh, are, are, are ridiculous. Yeah. 
where's the conversation on that? People don't care about taxes or 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 uh, you know small business or the death tax. That has no relevancy when you're talking about how do I make the hood better? Right, right. How do I get to a place of uh, opportunity? Exactly. Okay, Brandon Bryce, independent political consultant. Thanks very much for being here with us on Detroit Today. Anytime. We'll have you back sometime soon. All right. Also, remember tonight at 6.30 at the Dorothy Bush Branch Library in Warren, we're going to continue our Detroit Today Summer Book Club live events. We'll be there from 6.30 to 8 p.m. We're going to talk about Matthew Desmond's book, Evicted, and the narratives that have uh, emerged from that book about how evictions drive poverty as opposed to the idea that poverty drives eviction. We'll also talk about housing insecurity issues all over southeast Michigan. Uh, think of the things that, that uh, we see here in Michigan with foreclosure, with tax foreclosure. Think of the things we see in the city of Detroit with squatting and other serious neighborhood issues that threaten the stability that people need to be able to count on with their housing. We are talking about all of those things this summer as part of our book club. You can come out and do that with us live tonight. We're also going to talk about the city of Warren and how it is among the top 10 cities in the nation when it comes to court-ordered eviction. So you can come out and do that with us tonight, or you can go to WDET.org and find out about the other live events that we are going to have as part of the book club throughout the summer. You can also go to Facebook and join the Detroit Today Summer Book Club there, where we are talking specifically about chapters and characters and themes in Matthew Debson's book, Evicted. All right, Detroit Today is produced by Laura Weber Davis and Jake Neer. The program director is Joan Isabella. Technical director and engineer is Matthew Trevethan. Associate producers are Evan Yee and Gus Navarro. Detroit Today's theme song was composed by WDET's Sam Bovian. We'll see you tonight at 6.30 in Warren, or I will see you tomorrow.